This episode of the Nerd Up Podcast made possible in part by Eagle Theater. Visit them online at eagletheater.net and by Classic Hits WTYE. Listen online at WTYEFM.com and made possible by proud supporters just like you. Now, come on, baby, tell me who's the nerd. Nerd up, y'all. N-E-R-D up. N-E-R-D up. It's time for the Nerd Up Podcast, and here's your pod hosts, Guilty Wilson. Nerd up. Welcome to another episode of the Nerd Up Podcast. I'm Gil T. Wilson, along with Tony Collins. And today we got a very special guest going to be joining us just a second from now, a friend of the podcast, a man you've heard many times on the podcast because we love the guy. Well, that and he puts you in some of the books, right? Oh, yeah. Well, he draws my picture in comic form. He draws your picture in comic form. (laughs) That's why on my profile on our station website, I can say star of comic books, film, stage, and screen. Yeah, not just on the profile on our website, but uh, anytime (laughs) anybody talks to you. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Say, you've been in some movies with Jed Bryan, haven't you? I have. I have. Three, four. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, (laughs) so, but uh, yeah, mainly because uh, Matt has got this, the final episode of Moby Dick coming out. Right. Not, and I, 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 you know, I is getting ready to do the Kickstarter, and I don't know if I have the chance to be in it yet or not. Depends on my money situation and whether he offers that as a prize or, right. or what, uh, whatever they call those. <laughs> so, uh, so let's bring him to the podcast. Here's Matt Shore. How you doing, Matt? Hello, hello. Cue applause. Thank you once again for having me. <laughs> yeah. Woo. You know what? I'm going to drop in a sound effect of <laughs> applause right there. <laughs> so, uh, uh, Matt, uh, all right. So you're you're the author of uh, these Moby Dick comic books, Moby Dick Back from the Deep, uh, an undead Moby Dick and an undead Captain Ahab and just crazy zombie madness in a classic novel. Uh, and you're getting ready to, what is it, issue number five, is that correct? That is correct. All right. And this, and this is the final one in the chapter, right? This is it. It all wraps up with this one. I'm kind of not looking forward to that. I, I mean, as much as I want to see how it ends, I don't want it to end. So, I mean, these have been really great uh, uh, comic books. I, I've had, I've enjoyed every single one of them. And basically the premise, uh, well, you tell us, Matt, it's your book. What's the premise of your uh, Moby Dick book? Oh, sure. It's, uh, the premise is fairly straightforward. It's just Moby Dick is back in modern times as a zombified beast, <laughs> and he's causing chaos and death, devastation, Sorrow everywhere he goes. Well, yeah, like he should. So anytime there's a zombie involved, that happens. Uh, so now I've, I've asked you this before, but what made you want to make a classic by Herman Melville into a comic book? Oh, yes, this is a fun story. <laughs> it was one of those really just stupid YouTube mashup videos that I found. It had clips of, uh, I really appreciate this, Patrick Stewart as Captain oh. Ahab. Mm-hmm. along oh, with yeah. clips from, I believe it was that old 80s movie, Millennium, about the time-traveling uh, aircraft carrier. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and it was just this horrible mashup where Ahab somehow traveled through time and dropped a nuclear bomb on the whale. And that just, <laughs> that just somehow, I don't know why, but that got the wheels turning in my head. Like, this is an interesting concept of Ahab going throughout the ages, hunting this whale forever. And that's really where it started. And, and I took out the time travel aspect and made it where he didn't get to skip forward in time. He actually had to spend all this time uh. <laughs> hunting down this whale. So he's, he's like even older and more decrepit and undead and angrier than before <laughs> and still hunting this thing. So that was where I started adding layers to the premise of the whale being a zombie. So there's actually a little bit of depth here. I'm no. not going to say a lot, but right. there's more depth than typical asylum film. Yeah. Where, <laughs> where Ahab has been cursed because he was so obsessed with hunting the whale in life that now he is forced to hunt it in death. And the only way he will ever know peace is if he can actually finally mm-hmm. kill this thing that has haunted his entire existence. All right, I know that now I'm, I'm so tempted to ask you, Dizzy, but I'm going to wait till the comic book comes out. <laughs> I'll find out. But yeah, and, and, and one of the things, you, you started this out as a web-based comic. And, uh, yeah. How, how, and you know, you, you mentioned being sad that it's over, and I'll, I'll echo that on my end, too, because uh, mm. it sort of defined my existence for the past, like, four years. I looked it up. I've been doing this for uh-huh. more than four years at this point. And uh, I've had other stuff that I've done, and I'm going to keep doing things, of course. But the whale was always kind of like 
the backbone, I guess you could say, of everything that I did. Yeah. So it's going to be, it's kind of surreal that even though I'll still, I've got a Kickstarter coming up and I'll, I'll still be pitching it and, and things like that, but I'm not still creating it. So right. it's a little surreal and, and sad. That, so uh, actually, right now, you, you're you actually done with it right now. Yeah, it's finished. We have all the artwork, everything is ready to go. Wow. So uh, all we, uh, so the, the sad thing is I can't promise to, uh, offer the option of being drawn into a future issue because all issues are now drawn. Oh, oh well. I'm, I'm in two of the issues, so I, you know, I think that's good. Well, I, <laughs> I think go. there's an interesting parallel that, uh, at least for the last four years, uh, you've been Ahab and finishing Moby Dick has been your whale. <laughs> and you've just been there chasing it for the last four years. I hadn't thought of that metaphor, but that's a good one. I'm going to start telling that now, and it's, I'm going to claim that I came up with it. That, that's fine. <laughs> well, nobody knows anybody from Robinson, Illinois, right. so you're good. <laughs> well, uh, now, I, you know, you, you started this out as a web-based comic. What made you want to move it to a, a, an actual printed comic? I mean, I know you got Kickstarted to help out with that, but I mean, that's that's what Kickstarter's for. But what made you want to actually move to a physical comic? Uh, a number of things. Uh, first and foremost was just the response that it got. I had initially planned to like pitch it to different people and got a few responses, but nobody really held on to it. And I just said, I really want to tell the story and get it out there. Mm-hmm. So I started making it a webcomic. I'm, I'm, I just decided I'm going to put it out. I'm going to see how it does. And the response just kind of grew and it just kept getting bigger and bigger. Uh, I think last time I checked our viewership i think we've had like over a hundred thousand hits on the website by now and i said you know i think there's an interest here and i got to know other people who had done kickstarters um i was unfamiliar with them at the time and was really nervous but get, and i've heard so many horror stories about people that launched them and actually succeeded and yet still somehow lost money uh. and i said i, I want to know what i'm doing before i do this so i spent a long time talking to people about how they work and uh uh, even after I did it, I still had a whole lot to learn. Oh, yeah. But uh, kind of a long way back around to just saying, you know, the response seems big enough that people were interested in reading it in print. Mm-hmm. And uh, history has proven that uh, I think that was true. Uh, yeah, I think I mean, I know I've got every single issue that you've put out in print. And uh, I first started reading on the website, but then I, now I've got it. I want to hold it in my hand. I stopped reading it on the online, by the way. So sorry, but I'm waiting for the actual printed material. <laughs> But uh, oh, that's okay. <laughs> now, if uh, anybody anybody wants to see all the issues are up there right now on the on the website, right? Correct. Yeah, if you go to backfromthedeep.com, you can still find it. Uh, and if for whatever reason that doesn't work, you can just go to any any one of my social media channels. Like I'm on Twitter at dmatchshore. That's where I'm most active. I'll be sharing links. You, you can look, you know, my feed and find it there. But I'll, I'll be sharing links about that. I'll be sharing, of course, the Kickstarter. Uh, yeah, every, everything will go back. Everything still goes back to the whale. I haven't cut ties with it just yet. Okay, okay, back. Okay, I, I, you know I love the fact that uh, again started out as a, a web web comic and we, now you're in print. I can hold it in my hand. I can read this book, show it to all my friends, and especially the parts where there's me in the co- in the pictures. You know. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, and and I'm and I'm kind of like I said, kind of sad. Now, when are you planning on launching this? I mean, we're we're recording this right now on uh, March fourth. If anybody's out there listening on a later date, what what's the date that you're planning on doing the Kickstarter? The date will be March ninth. Oh which wow, is a Wednesday Wilson. at noon. Wednesday yep. at noon. Huh? Ne- so I guess next Wednesday. Wow, next Wednesday at noon. All right. Well, I'll be I'll be uh, I'll be uh, contributing because uh, again, I love I love reading the printed version of it, and even though well, I won't I be in this one. <laughs> <laughs> but I did love the character you created for me. That was cool. Uh, <laughs> I got to yell at a mayor. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, now, uh, with through the whole process of creating uh, this, retelling a story of Moby Dick, uh, how often I got I got to know how often did you go back to the original story of Moby Dick and and you know for research purposes? How often did you have to go back, or did you? I lost count. I got to be honest with you. Oh. Um, and because uh, I, I, the two things that were very important to me, I wanted Ahab to sound like Ahab mm-hmm. because Ahab is a very distinct way that he speaks. Mm-hmm. So I went back and I kept rereading a bunch of quotes by Ahab and kept kind of coming back like, OK, this is what the character has to say. How would Ahab say it? So there were a lot of times I went back and I would just read quotes by Ahab for about five to ten minutes at a time until I almost started talking like him in my head. <laughs> And I would go back and start doing his dialogue. That's where a lot of that came from. Oh, wow. Okay. So you did your and research. The, 
Yeah, I mean, and the other thing that I did, I wanted things to sort of sync up and sort of in continuity with the past book. I, I left it a little bit open, like suggesting that uh, Melville wrote it, but maybe he didn't get all the facts right, mm-hmm. but still, still in a way that was plausible. So okay, that also just different aspects, though, that Ishmael's character also kind of synced up a little bit, because that was important, because one of the things I added was that Ishmael actually came in contact with Herman Melville. Now, there's not a big scene about that. I'll put that up front, but I do kind of suggest that they, ah. they got to know each other, that they were drinking buddies. Oh, okay. That makes sense And how the book was written. You, you're the creator of how the book was written. <laughs> I love that. That's right. fantastic, too, to tie it all together and, and like you said, kind of, kind of keep that continuity going. It was very important to me that this uh, story with something so plausible as an undead whale uh, marauding through the seas had a little bit of, uh, you know, believability and yeah. connection. <laughs> what? You mean an undead, whale's, undead whale is not believable? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no, and that's, that's, that's great to know that you actually did the research. You know, it's funny because... Uh, we were, you know, I think everybody in the world is assigned Moby Dick in high school. I didn't read it in high school. In fact, I was like, I want to say 40 years old when I actually read Moby Dick. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, and I actually, when I read it, I'm like, oh, this is going to be a chore, but I've always wanted to, you know, I was going to catch up on the classics I was supposed to have read. And I read it, enjoyed it. And I'm like, okay, let's do this. And then all of a sudden you come along with an undead will. And I'm like, oh, Herman Melville be damned. <laughs> I got me a better version. <laughs> so, but no, I totally, and I totally appreciated when, and you came out right about the, right about time for me to start getting interested again. So, uh, uh, through this process, you kind of made it uh, to me. And I, I think I've mentioned this to you before. To me, it's like a cross between Jaws and Moby Dick because of the way the story is written. Oh yeah, I've, I've thought of it as a cross between Jaws and Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, because we have a lot of the, this undead ghost story type stuff going on, and I, I started uh, initially like the first few pages are very heavily like Jaws, mm-hmm. which was intentional uh, because I wanted it to start out feeling like just yet another uh, you know Sci-Fi Channel shark movie, like yeah. shark movie number seventy nine, and then midway through just do this massive shift in another direction which is yeah uh, i like to think that it we pulled that one off because yeah it's moving along very much like jaws you've got that you know you have this you have people get killed by the whale the town tries to deal with it you have the usual political squabbling then all of a sudden ahab shows up yeah then yeah it's like wait a minute this is not what i thought it was gonna be <laughs> right yeah you have like sheriff brody trying to shut down the beach and then, oh wait that was jaws uh but you have a sheriff trying to shut or mayor the mayor was trying to shut down the beach and people said, no, no, we need the tourist money. And I'm like, every time I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> I get yeah. hearing that dun-dun, dun-dun. Yeah, we, we kind of swapped it a little bit on the front end there where instead of uh, the mayor trying to keep everything open, it's actually the mayor trying to yeah. shut everything down. Yeah. It's the rest of the town that's mad at the mayor. Yep, yep. And that's what my character, by the that's way, right. once again, I'm in the book, and in the first couple issues you'll see me, and I argue with the mayor. Well, you you really, you pull the whole story together. <laughs> Do you I? are You are the heartbeat of the whole story, I, really. <laughs> I'm glad I got Tony for my support, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> he is my wingman right there. Yeah, that's okay. We'll uh, you can pay me later. <laughs> well, uh, any for, for the purposes of this interview, I will absolutely agree. <laughs> <laughs> I know you will. Anyway, <laughs> well, yeah, we have audio editing software. You're going to agree whether you did or not. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there you go. Wi-Fi. So, <laughs> uh, but no, I just love the uh, idea that I mean, it, it was a huge pleasure to be part of something like this because I mean, again, normally I, I would have contributed to the Kickstarter anyway because the story is there and everything else. But when I saw that chance, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to take that. Why not? I'm, I'm, I'm vain. <laughs> I'll do that. And, uh, and now I can actually officially put it on my resume that a star of comic, film, stage, and radio. So, you know, <laughs> only thing I was talking to Captain Radio, by the way, that's Tony's nickname. Uh, <laughs> I was telling him, I'm like, you know, the only thing I haven't done is network television. I need to get on that. Can you help me out with that, Matt? <laughs> uh, you know, I... No. Oh, darn. <laughs> I, 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 too, have a face that is uh, great for radio. <laughs> well, that's what I'm thinking. I'm, some, somebody needs a horror monster <laughs> character, and that would be great. So, <laughs> Somebody's looking for their next, hey, you guys. <laughs> yeah, that might be it, too. So, 
Uh, all right. I would totally watch that movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right, we're going to work on that one. Uh, let's okay. So go ahead and I mean, we've kind of been toying around with the idea. Basically, uh, as you, as you start this book, you, you, there there the beach is threatened because of this weird whales that's killing people, and then all of a sudden, and I love the way you did it. It's like the end of one of the issues. You, the, you, there's a guy walks up. The woman, uh, I, I can't remember her character's name, but anyway, she she's like the daughter of the mayor. And uh, she's like, how do you know? And he goes, call me or something like, you know, the, the last page is call me Ishmael. And I'm like, oh, my God, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> and, and, and that and that led into the uh, supernatural theme of the of the book. So uh, from that point on, uh, you know, you've got the whole hunting of the whale. Again, you're going to you're going to end this again. I'm sad <laughs> on this final issue, five issues. What are you going to do next? Well, I've got some other ideas in mind, and I will say this. When it comes to Hollywood, and especially with horror, uh, you know, the only thing they hate more than anything is closure. Yeah. So uh, yeah. I'm not going to swear that there's not a future adventure for the whale, but this story ah. is, in itself is, is very much complete. Okay. And, uh, but, uh, yeah, I've got, I've got other ideas in mind. I have uh, literary pieces I'm working on. Of course, I have other horror books I've done. Mm-hmm. Uh, Probably the most well-known at this point is probably Attack of the Zombie Saurus Rex. Yeah. <laughs> you can see a little bit of the theme and the stuff that I do. But I've written a couple sequels to that, and I've got another one I'm planning on putting out soon. Um, and, yeah, in addition to that, some other ideas and projects. Um, leaning a bit more toward uh, literary stuff, oh. if for no other reason than because comic books are expensive to produce. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Well, so I see Need to rebuild some funds first. Yeah, well, that's the thing. You got to pay artists. You got to pay letterers. You got to pay. Well, in your case, you just—I guess you still use an inker in a black and white comic, but it'll be a different kind of inker. But yeah, you got a whole staff you have to provide for. Whereas if you just write a novel, it's just you. So <laughs> mm-hmm. I can see that. Yeah, and I was extremely lucky to have such a good artist. So I don't want to—I yeah. cannot praise the work of Joe Billisick enough. Uh, the whole reason that this book looks great and people have responded to it is because his artwork is so spectacular mm-hmm. and in addition to being so great i was lucky that he was also uh, able to double as a letterer for me so oh that, wow that okay yeah. yeah that was a big help i imagine so yeah and that's the thing i love that this has got that feel of the old 70s horror comics that were in black and white like eerie creepy Vampirella, uh, I love Vampirella, uh, <laughs> and uh, all those, all those. It's got that feel of the good horror uh, uh, comic, and, and it's in black and white, and, and 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 yeah, he does great with it, and it, he brings depth to a black and white comic book. It's just amazing. So yeah, what's his name? Billichek. What's his first name again? Joe Bill is sick. Oh, Bill is sick. Okay, I was think, I was mm-hmm. pronouncing the C as a ch. <laughs> I don't know. Don't, don't feel bad. I, I uh, for about a year I was pronouncing it wrong. No, okay, right on. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll do longer. So I'm always notorious for mispronouncing names. <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, his artwork in that book is just—it really has made it pop. You're absolutely correct on that. And uh, I mean, yeah, the story's there. It could have been just a novel, just as easily. But with when you got him on as an artist, it's like okay, that brought some whole new depth to it. And um, so uh, next Wednesday, again, you're going to be launching the Kickstarter. If they want to find the Kickstarter, they just look for uh, Moby Dick or how, you know, I'm sure that'll find it. Yeah, the easiest way is to check out one of my social media channels. But then if you look it up on Kickstarter, it's uh, it'll be Moby. It's Moby Dick Back from the Deep, the complete series. That'll pull it up right up for you. All right. The mo- yeah, all right. And uh, yeah, def- I'll definitely be, I mean, I'm already on your list that when you launch something new, I already get notified of it. So that's always good. Now, do you have different uh, donation tiers on that Kickstarter? Are there different incentives or I know uh, obviously you can't get people in the, in the comic book since this is the end of it, but uh, what are some of the other incentives that you've got? Sure. One of the things that we did was to make sure we could, people could get, any specific issue they wanted. So there's a tier for issue one, two, three, four, and five, mm. both either in digital or in print. So if somebody, say, for whatever reason, has only read the first two issues and they only want the third, you have that option. <laughs> whatever you need, whatever you want to catch up on, whatever. Yeah. And likewise, you know, if you want the entire series, if you're new to this and you want to just buy it all at once, of course, that's an option. That'd be good. And on top of that, we've also got add-ons. We're, we're uh, making it possible. I mentioned Zombie Source Rex. That's, that's an add-on as well as some other books. Uh, another book, a sci-fi novel I did called That Time I Saved the Universe. Oh, yeah. One of my proudest titles ever. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, don't uh, you other comics? Other comics that I've done as well. There's Monster Hunter for Hire. That's Jesus the one, yeah. Christ, Demon Slayer. Oh yeah. At this point, a whole a whole library of things for me that you can get your hands on if you want to add to it. And uh, the newest thing that we're doing, uh, my wife and I spent the uh, pandemic coming up with spooky t-shirt designs. Mm. So we thought a good way to start on this would be to make those an option for this Kickstarter campaign. So in addition to all the other things, you can also order a t-shirt from us as one of the add-ons. They're all spooky-themed stuff. Uh, Some of them are cute. Some are like uh, one of my wife's favorites was uh, it's a witch's broom with a caption that says, I can drive a stick. (laughs) <laughs> right on and others are more halloween than that and others are flat out horror but uh, you know run, run the gamut there but those are all there available and uh yeah i think i think that about covers everything that we're offering oh cool cool well i know i got uh, on one of yours i've got the uh the when you offered a moby moby dick t-shirt uh with ahab on it uh fate is a cruel bastard i, I love that shirt i wear it every chance i can <laughs> so uh yeah I, I, that's always good whenever you can get a a t-shirt to go along with what you're doing. They, th- that way, you know, you you can look sexy and read a good book when you bu- when you purchase. There you it. go. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right, I'm looking forward to this one. That's for sure. So again, next Wednesday, March 9th, is that right? Wow. Wednesday, March 9th at noon. That's, at noon. That's the kickoff date. I'll be sitting there at 11:59, hitting refresh. <laughs> <laughs> so just make sure I'm first. Uh, maybe not. I'll probably wait till later. I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> Pothole. <laughs> yeah, pot- <laughs> that's an inside joke. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so uh, so uh, anything else you got to push along with this book? I mean, I, again, you you mentioned that some of the other books that you, you got, Monster Hunter. I love that one. I got I got a copy of that one. Yeah, Jesus Christ, uh, Demon Slayer. Demon Slayer. Yeah, <laughs> I got the PDFs of that one. I, I I don't know. I haven't yet got those yet or read those yet, and because I'm not sure, <laughs> it's like, do I need to take a Eucharist before I go and read this? And I don't know. <laughs> that one is a fun one. I got it. It's the first one I ever did, huh? and it's got. Uh, it tends to be the best conversation starter, like on at conventions or anywhere else. Right? I always tell people. If they just stare at it for a while, I'll say, you know, that's based on a true story, <laughs> which immediately they're like, what are you talking about? Because it, is, it is actually very loosely based on the old legend, the harrowing of hell. Uh, for those, for anybody who doesn't know that there's a legend out there that in between the time he died on the cross and rose from the grave, Jesus actually went down into hell and confronted the devil. Ah. And the accounts on this very wildly because there's no direct mention of it in the Bible. Right. And so when I was putting it together, I actually spoke with three different ministers from different denominations just to get some input on this. And uh, the common consensus was that there is no consensus. So I took that to mean like, okay, well, I can play with this however I want. <laughs> Apparently, yeah. Well, they did anyway, so. Yeah, don't yeah, even... Th- those three- yeah, unless I talked to the three absolute worst ministers I could have spoke with. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe. Yeah, Tony just pulled up a picture of one of the covers, and I'm like, in my brain, all of a sudden, I'm thinking, when did you get Fabio to... <laughs> no, no, that is straight-up Jason Momoa. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, 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 with the flaming sword and everything. Yeah, that is straight-up Jason Momoa a la Aquaman sort of vibe. You know, it's funny how that worked out, because that was drawn years before Jason Momoa was a thing. Really? <laughs> yeah. So here we are. Well, I'm thinking when Hollywood goes to adapt this into a movie, that's that's Jason Momoa. Yeah, Jason Momoa as Jesus Christ. Can you imagine? <laughs> Demon Slayer. In a world where Jason Momoa is Jesus. <laughs> We're working on you it know, for you. You know, Cal Drogo, Jesus, it's a natural progression, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, there's a deep dive. Everybody else goes for Aquaman. No, you got Game of Thrones rolling now. <laughs> He will always be the tough prince who died in the first season to me. Uh, that, right, yeah. yeah, that was, you know, what a waste of hit. Well, I guess he had to go on to become Aquaman, so, you know. <laughs> but, yeah, it was you a know, waste. You know, some might still say that was a waste. <laughs> <laughs> I hmm. kid, I kid, Aquaman was a fine movie. <laughs> just... well, sounds like we've got a DC dissenter here. <laughs> Well, speaking of which, uh, you know, uh, I'm going to let you get one more round in of how people can get in hold of you. But then uh, you want to stick around and talk nerdy with us for a few minutes? 
I would love to. Yeah. All right. Um, all right. Because we're going to talk about Batman for one thing. But 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 one more time, give everybody all the information to get a hold of you and find out more about this Kickstarter, the final issue, and how they can find more out about you. Sure. Sure. Uh, if you follow me on any one of my social media channels, as I reference to it, there's on Twitter. I'm at the Matt Shore. I'm on Instagram at the Shore. I'm also now on TikTok at the one Matt Shore. That's the then number one then Matt Shore. And if you want a real simple way, I've got a direct link to the Kickstarter up on my website now. You can just go to www.matshore.net. It will be the first thing that pops up on your screen and fills the entire screen up because <laughs> I did not want anybody to miss it. Right. So, so yeah, I'm I'm trying to make this as simple and easy to reach as I possibly can. Well, let me so, clarify. Yeah, those, those are all the ways to do it. All right. Let me clarify one more thing that uh, Matt's last name Shore is spelled S-C-H-O-R-R. So if you're, you need to make sure you spell it right. <laughs> yes, thank you, thank you, appreciate that. I, I mean, I'm forgetting I have to put that out there sometimes. Yeah, because you had to spell your name funny. So, <laughs> I, yeah, I I had total control over that. Podcast. So. <laughs> have you ever wondered what makes Eagle Theater possible? It's you. In a world of Netflix, Amazon Prime, and YouTube, it's your loyalty to Eagle Theater that makes first-run movies here a thing. And we want to say thank you with the annual popcorn bucket. Buy the annual bucket and you're set to save. When you buy the bucket, we'll fill it for free. And each time you come back for another visit, we'll fill it for just $3.50. Buy the bucket, support the Eagle Theater, and save. <laughs> All right. Well, I tell you what, we're gonna we were planning on talking nerdy anyway on this podcast because that's kind of why we named it the Nerd Up Podcast. But uh, we're gonna talk about uh, uh, the Batman. And Tony and I, neither one of us have seen it yet. Have you seen it? You haven't seen it yet. No, have I have not. Okay. I'm planning to go see it tomorrow. Okay. Okay. Now, Matt, have you seen it yet? I have not. I okay. have children who are both five and two. I don't get to go to the movie. Oh, anymore. yeah. <laughs> at least not for a few more years. All right. All right. Well, uh, again, this we're looking at this blindly. Uh, but uh, one of the things, uh, there, this one, I've heard all sorts of reviews about this Batman. And uh, this, the, the, I mean, a lot have been positive. And uh, this one, one of the reviews I heard was that it's based more in reality, which I think, I've, um, for me, that would be a negative. And especially, I mean, like what to get his superpowers from a Wuhan lab or something? I mean, I, I don't know. But it's like, no, you can't base Batman in reality. But I don't know. We'll see what happens. Well, I think the Christopher Nolan movies kind of grounded it more in in reality. Mm, you know, I yeah. think those were a tad more realistic take. And I get the impression that with this, uh, you're going to have some of the familiar rogues gallery. Obviously, Catwoman, uh, Penguin, I think is, and Riddler, I think is the main protagonist. But uh, everything I've seen. Uh, you know, in, in leading up to the movie is it's more of a Zodiac style Riddler as opposed to a Jim Carrey <laughs> green question mark covered suit Riddler. Frank Gorshin. That's my Riddler. Oh, OK. <laughs> but and the other one, uh, they, they uh, the, the, this bugged me. This totally bugged me. The Penguin, they would not let him smoke a cigar. Because it would be, you know, hazardous to kids or something. I'm like, what? The guy kills people. He murders. He steals. He's a thief. Oh, but you don't want him to smoke a cigar. Where? where so, Hollywood. <laughs> now, what is his uh, backstory in this one? I'm, I'm familiar with a few other things, but what, what is Penguin? Is is he a crime boss in this one? Yeah, I think it. Honestly, near as I could tell, he has he's been modeled after almost Al Capone. Oh. When you look at the okay. pictures of uh, Colin Farrell. Who, by the way, is completely unrecognizable. Really, in the makeup. Ah. Uh, yeah, so much so that I, I I saw an interview with Colin Farrell, and he was talking about uh, he walked up to one of his co-stars, full makeup, and was talking to him, and the guy kind of looked at him like, "Who the hell is this?" And <laughs> went and apparently talked to the director, and the director, you know, pointed back that direction, and so, but yeah, yeah, near as I can tell, he's modeled more of a, as a crime boss, uh, sort okay. of uh, Al Capone type character. Okay, I like that personally, because to me, that's always what the Penguin was, and yeah. I, I love Danny DeVito as an actor, but uh, the, the oh. weird circuit freak thing. <laughs> Yeah, like, yeah, the eating raw fish and the weird like black oil stuff coming out of his mouth all the time. Yeah, yeah that was a, that was a bit much. Yeah, again, that comes from a guy that never read comics, so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that yeah. created that movie. So, 
Yeah, I, I agree. I, I, okay, there's the basis in reality. I guess you could say that. that, that I would I would work with that. Well, and I like the idea, too, that this is uh, theoretically going to be a year two Batman yeah. story. Okay. Not necessarily year one, because... He's he is Batman. He is the Caped Crusader or whatever, uh, but he's still kind of trying to figure out what exactly that means. Mm -hmm. And from everything I've seen, he goes through a pretty decent story arc throughout the course of the movie. Uh, Robert Pattinson's Batman does from beginning to end. And he starts it, out sparkling and then says, no, that didn't work before. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it is almost a three hour movie. I think two hours and 55 minute runtime. Uh, definitely. You couldn't go, Matt. <laughs> no, not with kids. No not with those young kids. <laughs> so, well, uh, in the future of Batman, uh, uh, how how do you think this is going to land? Either one of you guys, which how do you think this is going to land for future Batman movies? Well, if if I ahead. were to guess, I think it'll land pretty well. It's, uh, I mean, if it's getting good reviews and the response is high, I'm not a huge Batman fan, honestly. It's like mm -hmm. I've got nothing against him, right? But I, I have other ones that I just prefer. And my only hang-up with the Batman is he's like DC's go-to guy when they yeah. do something to sell, which I understand. It's a business, and that's what you got to do. But there are so many other characters that I would like to see something done with that I want something done with Plastic Man. And nobody right? ever wants to right. do anything with him. <laughs> and he's, he's always such Batman a goofy character in the cartoons. <laughs> yes, well, and I think... Plastic Man, there's so much potential there because there are iterations of Plastic Man where he could honestly wrap himself around the planet multiple times <laughs> over and not break a sweat. It's like, we've never seen that. That's interesting. <laughs> right. Batman, the Riddler, the Penguin, I've seen all of that. Yeah. I'm sure it'll be a good movie. And, and that's that's why uh, we talked about this beforehand. I'm, I'm not super excited about this film. Mm -hmm. I'm sure it'll be good, and I'm happy people will enjoy it. But it just doesn't quite excite me because... I've seen a lot of Batman. Right, yeah. See, that's well, the way I'm, that, I'm going that's in. Brilliant. That's the way I'm going into it. Is like I've seen a lot of Batman, and it's like, okay, you guys kind of burned me out on it. Uh, but uh, you know, it's like, okay, I'll watch it anyway. But right, that's the thing. I mean, I'm in the bag for it. I'll go see this anyway, and I will probably enjoy it as uh, as a Batman movie. And I know it's kind of an unpopular opinion right now. I really like Ben Affleck's oh, gosh, Batman. Me too. Uh, me too. I thought he was a good Bruce Wayne. I thought his Batman was, in my opinion, one of the cooler mm -hmm. uh, looking. Too bad he didn't get a good script. Yeah, Batman iterations. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. Now, honestly, the the Batman appearance that I'm looking forward to the most is Michael Keaton's Batman in the too. Flashpoint movie coming up. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be really yeah. cool. I'm um, I'm yeah, that one, that's intriguing. I'm curious where they're going with that. Because that, yeah. uh, yeah. for me, Michael Keaton is Batman. <laughs> yeah. He's the first one who said it, and I believed him, and I haven't stopped <laughs> Well, it's like I it, was a wee lad when that came out, and that made such an impression on me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, and the thing was, back in, I mean, you were a wee lad. I was, I was a, uh, well, I was in the Navy, so uh, when that came out. But uh, when that came out, I remember the guff that, you know, uh, Michael Keaton got. It's like, oh. oh, no, Mr. Mom's going to be Batman. That's horrible. And yet it turned out to be one of the best ones. Right. Well, and, oh yeah, you know, um, nothing against Joaquin Phoenix, nothing against uh, <laughs> Jared Leto. Mm-hmm. Michael, uh, not Michael Keaton, but Jack Nicholson's Joker. Yeah, yeah. Come on. Yeah, right. Yeah. You know. Absolutely. The only person who comes close to Jack Nicholson for me is Mark Hamill. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When we're talking, when we're talking just those who have voiced, you know, yeah, Mark Hamill, his, anytime I read Joker in comics, I hear Mike, uh, Mark Hamill's voice. Yeah. You know, that's the voice that I hear when I'm reading it in comics. Uh, I'm a huge fan of those Batman Arkham games. Mm -hmm. And he voiced the Joker in all of those as well. And yeah. yeah. Well, again, we'll probably, I mean, Matt might be a while when his kids grow up and he can take them to the movie. <laughs> but uh, Or when it comes out on uh, uh, HBO Max or something like that, that you can watch it at home. Right. <laughs> but, uh, Tony, you're planning on tomorrow? I'm going to try to go see it tomorrow. Uh, yeah, I'll tell you what. Um, it's bit of a, it, it's been a bit of a, a mixed blessing for me. Uh, for the longest time, my wife was not into any of this nerdy comic book crap. Right. And that's what she called it. <laughs> and so when movies like this would come out, I could just 
bug out of work early on an idle afternoon, uh-huh. go see it, or go see it in the middle of a Saturday afternoon. And it was not a big deal. Right. She was at work. I had time to kill. Well, now it seems like every movie that comes out, she's like, oh, I think I want to see that too. <laughs> well, damn. I thought you hated comic books. Right. I haven't seen Uncharted yet oh, I because she wants too. to go see it with me. Ah. All right. Yeah. Well, so I'm planning on seeing it. I just don't know when yet. Uh, it's a matter of when I want to go, I guess. Really. Well, I will say that uh, our, our local theater, Eagle Theater here in uh, Robinson, proud supporters of the uh, Nerd Up podcast, have it uh, showing in two different auditoriums. Oh, wow. Okay. So it's like, it's literally, there's a start time, it seems like every half hour. Okay. <laughs> you know, okay. There's one at three, one at 3.30, one at four something, one at, you know, so <laughs> uh, plenty of opportunities to see it at least here uh, locally. Okay. So yeah, that's that's always good when they bring one in like that because then, well, I remember when Avengers uh, Endgame came out and you had to like wait two weeks because the, the tickets were sold. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> now they've shown it on several theaters and this was not quite like Endgame. Right. But uh, I'll have my choice. But there seems to be a lot of hype around it. So I might just not show up to work Monday. Well, there you go. <laughs> you'll, be, you'll, be at, you'll be at the Batman. All right. And it's like, hey, sorry, I'm at the Batman. So, uh, all the right. The movie will still be on, in fact. Yeah, yeah. probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, all right. Let's see here. Okay. Moving on to another DC property. Uh, we're talking beforehand, Matt. I know that you only saw the first episode. Uh, before you canceled HBO Max, and I know I watched like the first half of the series when, until I canceled yeah, HBO you spent Max. Like, you, you watch what three, four episodes? Yeah, and I had to for like a month straight. I got <laughs> Gil in here every day up my going. Have you started watching Peacemaker yet? He was starting. No, I haven't. I will. And then I did. And then I stopped. And then he stopped. <laughs> and he finished it. But uh, Peacemaker, I, I was surprised. That's one of the reasons why I kept bugging you. Is uh, First of all, I saw him in uh, the Peacemaker, John Cena, in uh, the second Suicide Squad movie, and I thought he was funny. Well, I'm like, all right, this will be interesting. I'll check it out. It was one of the funniest shows I'd ever seen. I just, I, I was surprised. The soundtrack was awesome. Of course, 80s hair metal, that's my thing. So, uh, But, it's uh, you know, the soundtrack was awesome. John Cena was just funny. The cast was perfect. And uh, uh, I, I really enjoyed it more than I thought I would. I thought it was just going to be something like, well, you know, like I'm saying about the Batman. Well, I'll watch it. I don't know if I'll like it, but I'll watch it. But it turned out I really, I thought it was hilarious. Tony, you watched the complete series. Thanks well, to me. <laughs> yeah, thanks to you. And and I was kind of the opposite end of the spectrum. I He was probably my least favorite character in that Suicide, suicide mm-hmm. Squad movie, which is one of the reasons I wasn't too uh, keen on, on or too excited to watch it. Mm-hmm. And then having watched all of it, it was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. John Cena uh, had a lot of fun with the role. And mm-hmm. uh, don't tell my wife because this may be divorceable he might be a better actor than uh, dwayne johnson oh she's <laughs> yeah oh no i can say that because she doesn't she doesn't listen to the podcast that oh, thanks this will be the one that she'll listen to right and what she'll do you serve, mean better than the rock yeah, she'll serve me with papers but, but uh, yeah, I, as a comedic actor i think he landed that role perfectly and that was i think that demanded there was, was way too much of him and his tidy whities oh, hey but, yeah <laughs> that's yeah that, they did but hey <laughs> yeah so matt when you the, you said you saw one episode of it i did and i, I almost saw it back to back with the suicide squad because again huh? couldn't get to the theater and right. didn't get to see it until i got hbo max for a month and uh yeah i was um i, I wasn't over the moon excited to watch it but i was very interested because you know i, I mentioned being kind of uh played out with Batman. I had never heard of Peacemaker, so this was a new idea. So that was intriguing. Mm-hmm. And uh, the kind of dark humor aspect is, is a new <laughs> kind of take on with superhero movies. And I'll just say this. Uh, I don't know if this is heresy or not, but um, James Gunn's particular humor mm. is perfect for the Zack Snyder DC universe. Yes. So if they're going to keep a universe... If they're going to restore the Snyderverse, that hashtag, whatever, then it needs to be James Gunn making every property for it because it's just tailor-made for that kind of a bleak, depressing universe. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what that's what this brought was fun to a DC universe. Well, and I will say one of the things I appreciated about it a lot was the willingness for DC to let James Gunn and Peacemaker mock mercilessly <laughs> yeah. the rest of the DC superheroes. <laughs> what, what, what do you call Batman? I forget. Uh, 
<laughs> yeah, it, it wasn't it wasn't kind. Yeah, yeah it wasn't. Yeah, but the the old neighbor asking him, "Well, why don't you have a rogues gallery of villains?" Because I'm not a, and I put him down. Yeah. Not like Batman. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. He also rips on Green Arrow, didn't he? That's actually one of my favorites. Uh, he rips on Green Arrow. There the the final scene yeah. of the series. Or not the final scene, but one of the final scenes is epic, and it actually stars, spoilers, uh, Jason Momoa and Ezra Miller. No. Actually Jason Momoa, actually Ezra Miller, playing uh, Aquaman and Flash. But only in this one, Ezra Miller's playing Aquaman and Jason Momoa. Yeah, completely. No. (laughs) But an interesting interesting caveat to that, or an interesting, um, this Peacemaker ends up being what crosses the DC and Marvel cinematic universes because James Gunn had finished up Peacemaker by the time they needed to shoot that end credit scene or whatever you want to call it. Uh He had moved on and was working on Guardians of the Galaxy. (laughs) So when they needed Jason Momoa and Ezra Miller to come in and film this scene, they actually went and did it on the Guardians of the Galaxy film (laughs) lot. Oh, wow. (laughs) So that end shot... Oh. was actually filmed by Marvel for Peacemaker for DC's movie. Oh, wow. Now, in that uh, final scene, isn't there like a shadow of Batman and Superman and There Wonder is Woman? no shadow of Batman. Oh, okay. Not there Batman. is a shadow of, of Superman, a okay. very Henry Cavill-esque-looking Superman, okay. and a very Gal Gadot-looking-esque uh, <laughs> uh, Wonder Woman. Okay. But they and don't actually appear. They don't actually appear, and okay. they don't actually speak. Okay. And there was no Batman. As I understand oh, okay. it, he had Batman in there. But was instructed to remove Batman. Probably because of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because DC doesn't quite know what they're doing with Batman yet. <laughs> right now they've got like three or four Bat people. How long has it been? Since the 1940s? They still don't know what they're doing with Batman? <laughs> well, I mean, honestly, right now we have we have Michael Keaton's Batman. Uh-huh. We have Ben Affleck's Batman, which is still going to appear with Michael Keaton in that Flashpoint movie. Awesome. Uh, we've got Robert Pattinson's Batman. He's still active. And mm-hmm. Okay. So, and uh, okay, so uh, either way they go. And again, uh, Marvel's leading the way, but uh, I can't wait to see the James Gunn Guardians of the Galaxy new movie. But uh, oh sure, <laughs> and uh, and uh, honestly, I can't wait to see a lot of the whole new Marvel coming out series, oh, series movies, everything. So uh, whether James Gunn, well, see that's the thing. Um, James Gunn needs to take care, take over DC. John Favreau takes over Star Wars and Marvel. That's it, and we're done. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good with that plan. All right, all right. Have, have you seen any of the uh, Mandalorian Boba Fett series, Matt? I have. I am up to date on those. And uh, what do you what do you think? They're very good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've, I've heard you guys previously say that uh, you're more Star Trek people than you're yep. finding out that Jack like Star Wars. Yep. I'm the same. I'm much more of a Star Trek guy, but I, I got to admit, these are two. It's very uh, the Mandalorian plus. And then that what's the other series? The Mandalorian with Boba Fett. <laughs> yes, uh, they're, they're yeah. both really good. Yeah, it's uh, man. Uh, what was it? Uh, the Book of Boba and Mandalorian two point five. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, oh gosh, and, and I've said before, it's like I just didn't realize Star Wars was was a spaghetti western. If I'd have known that ahead of time, I'd have been more of a fan. I think so. But uh, yeah. well, well, speaking of Star Trek. Uh, they just dropped the new episode of Picard. Yep, the first episode of the new season, the and second season of Picard. Again, this is another one we haven't seen, but I'm going to, I mean, probably tonight, watch yeah. the new episode of Picard. Um, the, you're a Next Generation fellow, aren't you, Matt? I am. That, that, that is my Star Trek. Yeah. So, yeah. So are, are, uh, now you, you saw the first season of Picard. I did. It okay. was a Christmas present for my wife. That's how I saw it. On uh-huh. a Blu-ray. Oh, a Blu-ray. No, that's Ooh. how I'll see this one as well. That, oh, that's a good way to do it, though, Blu-ray version, because that way you can watch it anytime you want. Uh, I, like, I kind of like that idea. Now, as uh, as one TNG lover to the next, uh, what was your take on the first season of Picard? I liked it. I liked it a lot. Um, I've heard criticisms over the ending. I think some people didn't like it, but I, I don't know. I, I enjoyed it. Um, I'm not going to say I walked away from it just buzzing, just thinking it was the best thing ever, but I really liked it. I was satisfied. I think the only thing that bugged me was when they killed off Hugh because I was I was mm. kind of excited that they brought him back. And then right. within one episode, he's gone. It's like, well, wait a minute. I'm, yeah. I wanted more out of this guy. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I loved all the stuff that they explored. That, to me, Star Trek 
what's really cool about Star Trek is, uh, like, I'm big into horror, and I've always felt like Star Trek is almost like what the next chapter of horror would be, where, you know, if humanity just learns what this thing is, then figures out how to deal with it, and then positivity follows. Like, if mm. aliens happened in the Star Trek universe, the first movie would be a horror movie, but everything since then, the Federation would come in like, okay, here's how aliens operate, so <laughs> here's what we're going to do, and now we know how to deal with it, and then we can just move on and you know keep exploring the universe, and nobody has to get hurt anymore. Good point. <laughs> Obviously, the Aliens franchise can't do that. Right, right. <laughs> that would be cool, though. I mean, then they'd learn how to work with a, a xenomorph, and hey, we're good. Right. <laughs> can you imagine a xenomorph on the uh, as a tactical officer or <laughs> head of security or... Head of security, be a great job for Xenomorph. Yeah. yeah, I can see that happening too. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, I'm look. I I I, I was a next generation fan, but I'm an OG, you know, the original series fan as well. I mean, I, I'm a Captain mm -hmm. Kirk all the way, but next generation. I, I made sure and watched it every night it was on because I was on live TV back in the day, kids, whenever you had to wait a certain night to watch a show. Right. <laughs> well, but, the issue yep. you ran into with Next Generation on network television is they kept moving what day of the week it was right. and what time it was. Yeah. And that was back before DVR. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, so, and so I was all aboard for it, and I loved every single episode. And this one, I think the next season of Picard, I'm really going to like because they're bringing not – I mean, they had some the fan favorites there. I mean, you got to see Riker. You got to see Deanna. Troy. Yeah, seven you know, of nine. And was, seven of nine. Mm -hmm. and, but uh, actually, from she's from Voyager, though. Right. Uh, anyway, but now you get now we're bringing Guinan and Q. So yes. yeah, Q is absolutely so one yeah. of my favorite pro, uh, antagonists. Yeah, yeah. from the TNG series, and so I'm very excited about that. I'm, I'm stoked for Q. Are you? Uh, yes, I cannot describe. <laughs> now I, when they announced that, I, I was buzzing a little bit. I'm, I'm pretty excited. Right on. To see him. And, you know, one thing I, I thought about the card, while you guys were talking, the card is the first new series that, to me, actually offers a different perspective from Star Trek, because everything up until now has been told from the perspective of Starfleet. Everybody's in the military. Right. Well, Picard's retired. Picard, Picard's a private citizen now, and this is the first time we're seeing what life in the Federation is like if you're not in the military. Yeah, yeah. Good point. Good but, point. Yeah, well, so that, that's been interesting perspective on it. I've, I've liked it a lot. Now, have you caught, this is just a total side question, well, no, it'll, it'll pertain. Uh, <laughs> have you caught any of the animated series Star Trek uh, Prodigy? I haven't, Okay, no. that, um, they're, when I, Yeah, when I first started watching, I'm like, this is not Star Trek. Because, I mean, it's totally, these people are enslaved and they're having to deal for, I mean, again, it's an animated, it's made for kids, so I really shouldn't say much about it anyway. But, it's like, no, it just doesn't feel Star Trek. And then later on, they find a, a Federation starship take and take off on this planet. They free themselves, so to speak. And Janeway is the hologram that runs the ship. It's a training ship. And uh, th then, it start, then it starts to show how uh, Starfleet was became Starfleet, or rather what makes up Starfleet and these kids. So, But that one, it starts out where it's like not Star Trek. And that's another one, like you said, it gets a view of non-military, you know, people that not in uh, Starfleet. Well, and I think that I think that's where um the the new Star Trek series is beginning to find uh Star Trek Discovery. Discovery, yeah. is where it's kind of starting to find its uh niche. Yeah, it, it, because <laughs> the first season of it was just blasted by oh. Star Trek fans because nothing about it felt like Star Trek. Right. Because they were trying to do a story that was pre the original series within the same timeline and everything. Mm -hmm. But there was just no way to see where you went from discovery to Kirk's enterprise. Yeah. There was no, and it didn't work. And Especially then I think, a fungus driven starship. <laughs> right. Yeah. The, the mythical spore drive. Yeah. So, yeah. And that, and, but now that they've, you know, uh, blasted them 900 years in the future, it's starting to make more sense. Well, they yeah. Now they're rebuilding, rebuilding the, Starfleet, rebuilding Starfleet after the, the burn mm -hmm. destroyed all of the dilithium in the universe. Which, by the way, is made up. There's no such thing as dilithium. 
<laughs> I hate to spoil that for don't, you, but are you telling? Tell next, you're going to tell me vibranium isn't real. Well, <laughs> what about adamantium? <laughs> well, Jesus. Well, you know. So I'm going to go in the closet and cry now. <laughs> I've ruined you guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh well. Well, I, I will tell you that kryptonite's not real either. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but that's beside the point. That's a whole different story. Anyway, so yeah, and I I think the Picard. And I think this new season, again, uh, Q, I mean, that was what introduced us to uh, Next Generation in the first place, you know, Encounter at Farpoint. Right. And then uh, then you get the <coughs> this one now, they're bringing Q back. It's like, oh, are they going to tie something well, in? Well, I'll or tell how? you what I'm hoping they do is answer the question as to, first off, what the hell Guinan is <laughs> yeah. and why Q has always been afraid of her. Uh-huh. And, and with them both in the series together, I'm thinking they're going to approach that. Like they've got a backstory that none of us actually know. Yeah. It's just like, wasn't it just like one episode where he's like, Ugh, her, you know, kind of. It, it's actually of been a couple of times. Oh, was it a couple? Pretty much okay. every time that he's been on there and, and uh, Guinan was part of the crew. There's been some sort of interaction where she sensed he was coming before he showed up, and mm. so yeah, there's some shenanigans going on there. Now it's, he's not afraid of her because she doesn't think uh, the World War II was not based on race. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't uh, think that's it. Oh, okay. No, I don't think Guinan thinks that. Oh, Guinan doesn't. Whoopi Goldberg may be bat crap crazy, <laughs> but I think Guinan's got a pretty pretty solid head on her shoulders. Okay, all right, we'll go with that. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> that's that's how I'm justifying it in my head. <laughs> So and okay, well that brings us to one other thing. Uh, okay, so we're all agree we're all next generation fans. Uh, I'm I'm more of an original series, but I do love next generation. I mean, there's nothing about. I don't think I've ever seen a Star Trek that I haven't liked. Right. You know, there's no, I, I there mean, are some that I've liked more. But, right. Yeah. There's some that I'm like, yeah, wait, <laughs> don't do that. I could have lived without the episode of Next Generation where Doctor Crusher had an affair with the ghost of her yeah. grandmother's <laughs> lover. Eh, different story. Probably could have lived without that episode. Well, that but, that one's now in Pornhub. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> now, that's a different version. <laughs> but uh, they're com- getting ready to tell one. Now they're going to actually tell one that happened before the OG, uh, before Kirk. Uh, is that BK? I guess yeah. <laughs> before, but this is going to be the uh, commander or is it commander or captain? Captain Pike. Captain Pike. Okay, yeah. Captain Pike. Captain Christopher Pike, who we saw in one of the original series when he was in that weird, weird wheelchair thing. But uh, he he appeared. Is it the second season of Discovery when mm-hmm. it started yeah. to basically shit the bed and <laughs> they needed some way to bring in the original fans? And they're like, wait, here's the Enterprise. Here's here's yeah. Captain Pike. Don't leave us. Yeah. Remember this guy? Oh, he's awesome. Yeah. And the guy and the actor they got to portray him looked just like he was. He was fantastic. So much like the guy. And uh, and so now that they said, hey, apparently it worked. Let's bring a series. Now they're actually going to tell this original before Kirk took over the Enterprise story. Um, I'll start with you, Matt. Uh, how do you feel about them telling, uh, going back that far and telling the story again? Um, I'm intrigued. Uh-huh. Uh, I love it when, when you do these little callbacks. Like this, I love that in the, the 2009 movie mm-hmm. where Pike is what brought Kirk into the the fold of Starfleet. Uh-huh. That was really cool. So, and, yeah, when they introduced him here, that was cool. And when they brought in Gina Davis to play his number one. I'm sorry, uh-huh. that's not who it is. It just looks like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Wait. <laughs> Now, who is it that's playing? Uh, isn't it, uh, wasn't it Mystique? Uh, Rebecca Romain. Romain, yeah. Yeah. She's, yeah, yeah. Rebecca Romain Stamos. Yeah, she's playing uh, number number one. Ah. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway, and, uh, uh, sorry, I got a... I, I, I was just like, that's Gina Davis. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I just, whenever I think about her, I just kind of get brain lock and I have to think about other things. <laughs> Cold shower. Uh, <laughs> Star Trek Strange New World debuts exclusively on Paramount Plus beginning May 5th. May 5th. Oh, wow. We got, we got like, about a month. Yeah, it's only a month, a couple months away. Yeah, I can, I can handle that. Oh, sweet. <laughs> so we're going to be all loaded with it. Uh, Picard and that'll be at the same time. Man. So, well, I'm I'm telling you what, I'm looking forward to it because, like I said, they, they got the actor right, the look right. Uh, they've got... The, the the attitude right too and i thought that that's another aspect of star trek is each one of these characters have an attitude 
and keep that. I mean, Spock had an attitude, right? You know, and the and the guy they got in Discovery in the early part of Discovery to play Spock, I'm like, eh, not quite there. <laughs> it's like, eh, okay. And then and then they eventually worked on it. He got better. I mean, they that because they learned their lesson. I well, guess. you know, he he shaved and he cut his hair correctly so that he yeah. looked like Spock. And yeah. he, he's helped. like he, he kind of, in my opinion, looks like uh, Wish dot com uh, Zachary Quinto. <laughs> <laughs> and we had to wait three months just to get it delivered so yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> well yeah true uh, you're absolutely right and uh, i think they eventually again they started out with a, a well, wreck <laughs> and i fully look i fully support the idea of doing a star trek story set before next generation i was or, or before the original series mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i was a fan of the scott bacula enterprise series which was supposed Me to be too. <laughs> the the iteration, the beginning <laughs> of the birth of the Federation. Yeah. Well, apparently you weren't alone. I mean, uh, with Tony anyway, because I never watched Enterprise. I saw one episode, and that was the shower scene with uh, uh, T'Pol. Was that you her saw name? the best episode. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I needed. <laughs> like it's... One thing that helped me with that one, I was told the, the way to enjoy it was to watch the pilot episode and then skip all the way to season three. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, really? Start from there forward because, gosh, the, the best stuff came after that. It, uh-huh. was, it was fantastic. Well, see, I, like I said, I watched that one. I'm like, oh, this is going to be a good season. And I started on the second episode, and I'm like, I'm kind of bored right now, so I'll do something else. You know, because – and at least that series, Enterprise, made sense – in the technology, from the technology aspect, uh, right. you could see that uh, NX01 mm-hmm. being the predecessor to the NCC1701 mm-hmm. because it was it was smaller, it was clunkier, had bigger bulkheads, the doors weren't auto, you know. <laughs> the technology. Are you bulkhead right. shaming, Tony? No, I am not bulkhead <laughs> shaming. But uh, but it looked right. It looked like an older version yeah. of the Enterprise should look, or yeah. it looked like. Uh, uh, like the step between our space shuttle and what the Enterprise is. Ah, yeah. well, Whereas the- I think that's where Discovery fell short, is the Discovery looked way more advanced yeah. <laughs> than anything, even in the next generation. Yeah. And it was supposed to have been, you know, 100 before. years, a century before. Well, wouldn't Enterprise, uh, wasn't that ship very metallic looking? Yes. Okay, and then whereas, you know, the Enterprise were Captain Kirk, it was very smooth and right. white and yeah, yeah it looked i mean it Ceramic. looked like it was built out of metal like a submarine yeah. or you know okay I need- and, I, and i think that's in part why enterprise worked for me and you know i was there to see the birth of the federation and mm-hmm. it, it kind of picked up where uh star trek first contact mm. left off okay with zephyr and cochran making the the connection with the vulcans and stuff like so mm-hmm Oh yeah, yeah. Well, and then later on went to raise sheep and had a pig named Babe. <laughs> it also had one of the best mirror universe episodes where it starts out with the meeting of Zephyr and Cochran and the Vulcans at the very beginning. And they say "Live long and prosper," and Zephyr and Cochran pulls out a shotgun and blows his head off. What? Yeah. Yes, in, in Enterprise. That yes. Was, oh. Yes, it was. Yeah, because it's not a spoiler because that was the beginning of the episode. Wow, I might have to go back and. And if you're a Star Trek, if you're a Star Trek series, and you wanna you wanna inject a little uh, new thing to it, you do a mirror universe episode or story arc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, even when even well, no, you can't say that because Discovery tried it and it's like, yeah, that's not quite mirror universe. But it but but it still kind of worked. It It was still kind of cool, but yeah. yeah. (laughs) All right. As long that's see, I've always said that I'm I'm the uh, mirror universe of myself. That's why I have. The that's goatee. why you have the goatee. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that explains the uh, constant stroking of it and the <laughs> maniacal cackle. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, anyway, all right. So, uh, all right. Let's move on from Star Trek now. Uh, Matt, recently, are are you familiar with the Kingsman movies? I'm not. This, oh. this is what I'm gonna have to sit out of the conversation. All right. Well, we'll we'll, we'll put you on the sidelines. It'll be yeah. It'll be short because for well, reasons. Uh, but uh, okay, Kingsman one <laughs> or Kingsmen one and Kingsmen two. Both of those. I mean, Kingsmen one was just off the wall. I mean, it's they're it both was, based on comics, and it, they were just totally. Ca- I mean, this is the one where I felt so bad because like a hundred people are getting murdered in a church with 
church pieces, like being stabbed with uh, crucifixes and stuff like this, and, I, and I'm laughing my butt off. That was one of the most uh, <laughs> fantastic shots in recent cinematic history. Yeah. Uh, it was a one-shot one battle, yeah. too. It was like, yeah. And it's like, oh, that's, this is awesome. And then a whole bunch of other things happened, and it was just a great comic book-based movie that just, they did it right. Kingsman 2, and eh, not as much, but they kept enough of the fun stuff in there. Now, King's Man... Right, the King's Man. ...is like the prequel, <laughs> and it's supposed to... The history of building the Kingsman. See, I, here's my <sighs> thing. I will say this. I, I watched the movie, and here's my take on it. It, for me, was very much like uh, Star Wars, uh, the the solo movie. Okay, it was a prequel story that I didn't need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I one hundred percent. Or it's it's the prequel movie that I I needed. Or I need a prequel movie, but not that one. Not that one. <laughs> not that one. Because I mean, they start out where you think you're going to do. It. I mean, they still had some of the surprise shot to the head type things. Right. You know, they're like, whoa, why they kill him? Uh, that type of reaction. But it just didn't land. Right. And and I and they could have done so much more with Rasputin, with his ballet, Russian dancing, fighting ability. They that they could have done more, but yeah. they just it was like he's dead. Now move on. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it wasn't. I mean, it wasn't horrible. And if no. you're looking to kill a couple of hours, it's you know, like I watched it. I watched it for free. I watched it on HBO Max. I think it was. So I guess technically I didn't watch it for free. Right. But <laughs> monthly subscription. Uh, monthly monthly <laughs> subscription. But I watched it on HBO Max, and it's one that I watched and I went, well, I'm glad I didn't go to the theater. Yeah. That. Well, we were both when it came out in the theaters as COVID, and we the that one came out, and I, like we were talking about going to go see uh -huh. it, and then never got around to it for some reason or another. Maybe they closed down the theaters right. again because things were open, then they're closed, then they're open, then they're closed. Uh, but anyway, so we never did, and and you and I both actually came in. Uh, it was like a weekend. On the Monday, did you see Kingsman? Yeah, where'd you watch it? Because he knew I canceled HBO Max, and I said Hulu. Yeah. <laughs> and he, oh, I didn't know it was on Hulu. But yeah, and so we both got to watch it that same weekend when it re was released on the streamers. Uh, and I, again, I'm I loved the first movie for sure. Right. Second movie, I liked a lot. This one, I just no, it didn't yeah, need it. Didn't didn't land for me. So, yeah, I mean, although and they had again, the cast was perfect. They could have couldn't have done better with the cast, but they just. Missed out on a lot of things, I think. So, but at least they showed us how they started it. But I'd like to see a better description or <laughs> yeah, better story. A better version of that. Yeah. I mean, we got a general idea, I guess. But, you know. Well, it, it really struck me as one of those movies where they have uh, a set of historical events that they want this, yeah. the Kingsman, to be a part of. Mm hmm. And they just sort of shove them in there. Yeah, There's yeah. no like obvious reason as to why they're there. They just are. Yeah. You just have to know that the Kingsmen fought Rasputin. Mm -hmm. They set up Stalin and Hitler. That's all you need to know. <laughs> yeah, that's all. That's all. That's all. Yeah. That movie would have been over a lot sooner if they'd just done that. I'll tell you. <laughs> right. <laughs> we could have done. We could have done without a lot of. Well, now there's some cool stuff like the German trenches when the one kid gets killed. That's the yeah. one. That was pretty cool. Uh, not cool that he got killed, but cool that they, the way they set it up. A good, good cinematography. We'll put it that way. But yeah, just didn't need it. Just didn't need yep. it. Did not land. Well, I'll tell you what, we're coming to an end of this episode. It's been uh, one uh, a joy talking with Matt Shore. And by the way, once again, I'll, I'll spell his name, S-C-H-O-R-R. -R. And uh, Matt's going to give you ways to get in touch with him and find out more about his comic book here in just a second. But it's been a pleasure talking with you, Matt. Uh, again, we kind of hijacked you into talking nerdy with us, but I have a feeling you could have done that anyway. Always happy to. Thank <laughs> <you>. <laughs> yeah, well, and I think we're going to have to just devote, uh, at least Matt and I are going to have to devote, uh, devote a whole podcast to just talking Star Trek. <laughs> just, we might do I, that. Just I, wrap okay. ourselves up in the warm blanket that is Star Trek Next Generation. <laughs> I, I will say I've got a 19-year-old son, and he has started watching Next Generation, and, and we have deep, Aww. lengthy, philosophical conversations about, <laughs> you know, Star Trek and, and nerd Nerd stuff. So mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it is uh, multi generational. <laughs> I guess so. Next, Next generation <laughs> is multi generational. Right on. You did that. So uh, <laughs> well, de we're definitely going to have Matt on more often uh, because I'm sure you're going to do something more creative in the future, Matt. So we'll we'll have to bring up Star Trek every time you come on. 
Oh, I'd love to. And I'll give one quick Star Trek story of my own. My wife and I actually saw the 2009 film in theaters, like on one of our early dates. Mm-hmm. And I, one of the memories I still have, and she has this too, we're like, I think we were holding hands because we had just started dating and everything's cute and sweet then. Mm-hmm. But the moment where Vulcan got destroyed, mm-hmm. I think I started squeezing her hand and gasping like, what are they doing? What are they doing? <laughs> yeah, and I absolutely love the the, the that 2009 star trek uh i thought they did a perfect job of casting uh oh yeah chris pine oh yeah as captain kirk but sort of but not doing multiverse captain kirk yeah but not doing a not doing a a william shatner impersonation oh yeah but feeling very Mm shatner-esque and one of my favorite scenes in that was and this was the only time where i thought he went full shatner (laughs) <laughs> was when uh, Spock is uh, talking about the odds of the success, and he goes, Spock, it'll work. <laughs> and it was just so, like, that line. Oh, that was, that was uh, Jeff's kiss. Well, you know, and, and the, the thing was with that movie, that was, that was one, I mean, it was loaded with throwbacks to all the, all the Star Treks. I mean, various little things they threw in here and there. And I will tell you, I got my little story. Uh, my wife and I went and saw it at the drive-in out here by our, by nearby. Uh, and we went with some friends. They went in their car. We went in our car. Well, we parked together at the drive-in, all had our windows down. We we're kind of talking between movies. Uh, I forget what was showing with it. But anyway, when it came on uh, during the movie, there were times whenever they'd do those throwbacks. You know, the, it's like they'd make a reference to something. And I'd, and in my car, I'd be going, ha, I get it. Nobody else around was. And when we left there, the friends that were with us, they said, yeah, we enjoyed finding out which ones was a historical reference to Star Trek because you laughed every time. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I, they were funny. They were my cool. only complaint, my only complaint about that Star Trek movie. Mm-hmm. I didn't need an explanation as to why his nickname was Bones. <laughs> I know, right? I yeah. didn't need that explanation. <laughs> no, and that was a dumb explanation. Yeah, too. I thought it was. Yeah, <laughs> I thought it was. I thought it was silly. But uh, oh well. Well, Matt, uh, one more time before we let you go here, uh, pimp yourself out. Let us let people know how they get a hold of you. Sure. Yeah. If you want to follow the Kickstarter, just look up Moby Dick: Back from the Deep, the complete series. Or the even simpler way, just go to my website, Matt Shore. That's M A T T. S-C-H-O-R-R dot net. I've got a nice big billboard right there on the homepage that'll take you to it. And, of course, you can follow me on social media. There's Twitter at TheMattShore, on Instagram at TheShore, and finally on TikTok at the one Matt Shore. That's the number one Matt Shore. You're on TikTok? Oh, that's it. Hang on. I got to I, hang on. I got to turn the volume down. Otherwise, who knows what TikTok's going to play. <laughs> so, well, I got to tell you. you what? I'm not a I'm I not a TikToker, uh, but Tony you is. One more fun Star Trek story related to TikTok, if you oh, like. Oh no! Yeah, sure, go for it. TikTok Star Trek. Oh, the video I shared that still has the highest engagement ever. I think I had twenty two thousand people look at it. I just edited together a video of Riker farting on the turbo lift. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing else I have done. Of course, it's TikTok. <laughs> everybody wanted to see. Oh, see, I'm not a TikToker. I, I just can't. I'm. I, I'm thinking. I'm just too old for it. It's. it's uh, but Tony, hey, he's all over TikTok. Yeah, he's not a he's not a creator yet. Yeah, I'm not. I, I don't create any content. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a voyeur. <laughs> so I'm the creepy guy peeking out from the closet. <laughs> so, I, I got on at the recommendation of some other creators that said, you know, this is going to be the future for independent creators. So mm-hmm. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna explore this and get familiar yeah. with it. I do enjoy it. The only problem with it is it can be real time consuming. Oh, I can imagine. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah. Well, I see Tony here in the studios uh, when I come into work, uh, and he's <laughs> yeah. finishing. Off, all he's doing is watching TikTok. Yeah, no, it's. Uh, it's I said, uh, you know, the station's off the air, huh? What, <laughs> what station? <laughs> no, TikTok's still going. So. Yeah. <laughs> But I, Priorities, right? But exactly. I understand as a creator, uh, that's a, it's kind of mandatory that you have to do that. So, yeah, I can understand that. But I'm not a creator yet. So <laughs> I'll just make fun of you TikTokers is what I'll do. So, it could be your end to free. network television. <laughs> that could be. You don't know. So, all right. Well, Matt, once again, thanks for joining us. And I'm looking so forward to the final chapter of Moby Dick Back from the Deep. Uh, I'm ready for this. The Kickstarter can't start soon enough. Um and uh well tony anything any final words you got to say nope i appreciate you taking some time to talk to us matt thank you thank you for having me always a pleasure all right well like we say at the end of every episode stay stay nerdy. nerdy
Prepare to be terrified. Lawford County Productions presents the unlisted owner director's cut. Featuring nine minutes of never-before-seen footage. Out now via Amazon Streaming and coming soon to Blu-ray and DVD. You've been warned. You've been warned.